0: During the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to Financial Coaches Network podcast. Today we have all three of us here so Emily you your name starts with an a so alphabetically you get to go with what are we talking about today
1: (laughs) we are going to talk about something that I think we all get kind of excited about which is how we talk to our kids about money because that's like we're financial coaches and we want to teach our kids about money and so what do we do with our own kids
2: We also had a conversation relatively recently. I think Emily, you and Josh talked about like teaching courses around kids and money and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit different when we're talking to our own kiddos rather than other people in groups. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you can, you can kind of gauge how much your kids can handle as far as information goes, right? Maybe ours can do a little more because we, well, yours are still a lot younger than than mine. Yeah.
2: But I definitely my- I definitely get the eyes blazing over sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Oh, you didn't really care about all of that. Okay, <laughs> we'll just stop. We'll move on. <laughs> so let's start with talking about how old our kids are, because I feel yeah. like that's relevant. So yeah. I have a six-year-old girl who's in first grade. Gender doesn't matter. I don't know why I said that, but because I'm talking about my kid, and that's, yeah. yeah. She's also Smarty Pants, a smarty-pants and too smart for her own good. So mm-hmm. I hope- I have
1: two kids, well, almost a boy and a girl. Um, I have a girl who is almost 11 and a boy that just turned nine. So third and fifth grade.
0: And I have a daughter who is four and a son who is six point eight. Right? Okay,
2: fine. My my daughter is six point four nine 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 because tomorrow's her half birthday.
0: So yeah. So he's just very close to seven at this point. <laughs> so and uh all the research actually does say that gender does matter for this
2: ooh, interesting, yes, okay, because that's on, on the surface, gender matters when talking about money seems very controversial, so I'm super eager to hear what the research says yeah. and how
0: so I think before we jump into like how we talk to our kids, I think it's important I have an entire lecture on this the at the end of, of every semester, one of the questions in their final project is, what did we not cover that mm. wanted, you would like to cover? And there's three or four things that came up a lot. This was one of the top three. Interesting. So these are one of my three bonus lectures that happen that are not part of the curriculum or the book, because this is one of the top three things that students say, hey, you know, how do we do this? Right. Cool. When we look at talking to kids about money, everything needs to be tied to childhood development stages. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are conversations you can have at different stages of childhood development. Childhood development is not taught tied to age. It is tied to the development of a child. When you have a kid, you're very, very proud that your kid was talking at, you know, four months old and you're freaking out that your child hasn't talked by a year and a half. Right.
2: That was me. That was me. And then she was talking in paragraphs at her two-year appointment. So,
0: yeah. So,
2: and she hasn't stopped.
0: Yeah. Every child develops at a different rate. However, females go through the stages on average more, I don't want to say more rapidly, but at at earlier ages on average than, than males do. So actually, the gender actually does make a big difference. I think the more important thing out of that is, A, it needs to be tied to development stages. So what's right, what age is for different people is not going to be the same. And B, you need to realize that, yes, gender is going to make a difference, but it doesn't necessarily be problematic if your daughter is a little behind and you're son is a little ahead right even though on average it's reversed so,
2: so gender matters in that the child development is different more yeah. so than i would assume more so than
0: anything else about like don't talk to girls and money yeah
2: exactly topics yeah. <laughs> don't matter gender wise it's more of stages in the development and keeping that in mind yeah that makes sense
0: yeah. and then the other thing that i well no I want to let you guys talk first, and then I'll, I'll.
2: I know I want to hear all this.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I want to just like hear the whole lecture now. I'm curious. But... I know, me too.
0: It's too <laughs> long. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, for the podcast. For this, yes. For this podcast. outside of the podcast, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that the number one thing that I have like ever since, like when my daughter before she was understanding anything other than I'm hungry, I'm tired, I don't feel whatever. I've always been very careful to say, to never say, we can't afford this. I'm always really careful about how I talk about that. So I was like, nope, we're, it's always choices. We're choosing to use our money for this. Wow, that's a cool toy. We're not going to buy it because, you know, daddy and I are choosing to save our money for vacation this summer, or we're choosing to make sure that we have enough money in the bank so that if our air conditioner doesn't work, then we can replace our air conditioner and that kind of thing. So that that choice language has always been something I'm super careful about, and one of my proudest money coach mama will use will go alliterative in a little not the language I usually use, but whatever moments is when we were talking about something and she's like, oh yeah, we're not we're gonna choose to use our money for something else, right? It's like yes, exactly. <laughs> like the um, unsolicited repeating of the information that I had been gently sharing over probably a year to a year and a half at that point. It's like, ah, my child got it. It's a choice. We're choosing to be responsible. So I'd say that's the number one big thing that I have been super conscious about for the longest with my six-year-old. I can keep talking, but Emily. Yeah, no, I mean, I I do do think about (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. I don't ever say we can't afford that. I talk more about, yeah, making choices and yeah. And like wish lists and, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And I think in, in, I mean, like Josh just said, like it changes, like I've, yeah. the, what I did two years ago, doesn't work with my kids now. So I constantly have to adapt for them and also different for each kid. Cause they're just, they're totally different. Um, right. and yeah, and my son surprised me. He's, so he's, he just turned nine and about, it was about nine months ago. <laughs> Cause he sees me do all this stuff at home. He actually wanted to create his own budget. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I, just laughed. I was like, I think you're a little young for that, but okay, let's do it. And so he went through the exercise, and he he wrote it all out, and it was it was really cute. We kept it really simple, but of course he hasn't touched it since, like most Americans, right?
2: (laughs) He's he's in good company, right? Right? Yeah, we're training him well.
1: (laughs) that's really cute, though. We just we we talk about things openly in the family, so that they hear the conversations we have too. So I think that that helps as well. And if they're interested, we'll tell them more. But again, keeping it age appropriate because um yeah. They don't always want to hear all the details.
2: I forget what it was the other day, but my daughter asked, I said something and you know, it was like interest or investing or it was something, some not like super complex financial topic, but a relatively complex financial topic for a six-year-old. She's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, well, it's blah, 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 blah. And she just, after like, you know, 10 seconds, she's like, okay, fine. I was like, okay, take a step back just because she showed interest, we can... Not dumb it down, but we can simplify a little bit and figure out how to make it relevant to her rather than these big concepts. Oh, we've been talking about bank accounts and earning interest a little bit. And she's very much into the I want money so I can buy stuff stage right now. So, talking about, well, if you put it in the bank, then the bank will give you more money. And
1: yeah, one of my favorite things at that age, uh, what I I know you did this when you were in California, which was we they really wanted this. I'm not going to say, I won't, I'll be kind this Paw Patrol tower. That was like four foot towers. It was bigger than that. Oh were. yeah. Yep. I've seen that. Have that tower. And it was, oh gosh, was it, it was like $90 or something. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, if you guys want this, you have to save up for it. So we made just like they do for right. Like for when you do, you're saving up for a car or whatever it is. We, I, we printed it out and we made a little chart and then they put money in an envelope and then they highlight until they got to it and yeah. have enough cash to do it. So they really liked that. That, that doesn't really work at this age anymore. I, yeah. I, I got, could if we really tried it's still good. Yeah. But they they loved that at that age. It was they'd get their money and they'd stick it in the envelope. And yeah, they really liked that.
2: We have her, I should say, lit her wish list with approximate prices. So when she's like, oh, I want this, I'm like, let's put it on the wish list. Cause half the stuff, I mean, just like as adults, one of the things that we talk to our clients about, right? Is put it in the cart and then walk away. If you still want it two days later, maybe you buy it. But having that distance sometimes for some of those bigger things. Yeah. John, What do you do with your kids? Yeah. I want to hear not only just what do you teach, but what do you do with your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Cause those could be two different things. Let's be honest. Yeah.
0: So let's start with, you know, when you're talking about children and especially the younger they are, the worst thing you can talk with your children about is money.
2: Cause it's Amorphous. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. amorphous. Yeah, it doesn't. It it? doesn't yes.
0: Yeah. Right. And so what you need to do is you need to figure out a way to turn it into something mm-hmm. that is a relatable and B that is tactile. Mm-hmm. So Emily saving up for the Paw Patrol, the fact that they were putting money in an envelope meant nothing the fact that they were putting something in an envelope, the tactile experience okay. of that, right? Um, right. The more important aspect of it.
1: So you could use monopoly money or something.
0: Yeah, you, it, it doesn't matter, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the second thing is you ha- uh, were coloring, right? You're coloring, right? So now it's relatable. It's, you know, it's, it's you can see the colors changing. They're able to color it, right? they're able to see, you know, we were this far and now we're this far and they can visualize it. And so that's one of the really important things that when you're talking with kids, and of course, as they get older, the more uh, amorphous concepts and conceptual things can start to be brought in. But one of the big mistakes that I see is people talking about money as though it's money. And that the, the Paw Patrol example, that, that tactile part of it, and then the visualization those two are like really important things for why it was so successful right you know why it it worked and i think that's one of the big challenges is like you just said emily you got excited you started explaining interest (laughs) i don't give a crap (laughs) (laughs) yep right and so we the more we can make it tactile the more that we can make it relatable in their lives right coloring is great Right the more effective it's going to be.
2: The tactile is something that I had to sort of get over because I hate cash. I think I've probably said that before. I just, cash just, it's monopoly money. It disappears. I don't know if I spent it at the apple orchard or gave it to the Boy Scouts who've been selling popcorn or what, I don't know where it goes. I need that record that I can download my credit card statement. I can pull the transactions in, etc. But that doesn't work for a four-year-old, a five-year-old. Like, Swiping a card doesn't like, no, you got to have the physical cash and that kind of thing. Cause that's, that makes it more tactile. Obviously from what you were saying, Josh, you can't just stop at that because it's still, it doesn't matter if it's monopoly money or cash, but seeing numbers on a sheet of paper feels different than having the physical cash.
0: Yeah. Well, you also have to be careful about what you teach. Mm. And so like you were saying, you know, you don't use the word too expensive. Um, now I have used that word, but it's for things that are absolutely too expensive, right? a <laughs> right? like twelve million dollar house. Um, but You're that, in
2: LA. And what? That's two bedrooms, point. one bathroom. Right. Yeah, building? exactly. Yeah,
0: you know. But generally, when we say when people normally say too expensive, it's not actually too expensive. It's that there are far better choices. That being said, you know, with a credit card. What you are, or debit card, doesn't matter what it is. What you are teaching is that there's this magical piece of plastic that if you give it to someone, they will give you anything you want. And, (laughs) right? You will. Magic. Yeah. And so, no, we also don't use cash, right? It's all credit card and very rarely debit card.
2: Yeah.
0: But one, while we're in line, we'll open up the app on the phone and check balances. Mm. Right, it has nothing to do with actually checking a balance. It's just the process of doing it. Right. And then secondly, you know, at this point, they're the ones that actually pay for things.
2: Mm.
0: So they're, you know, both the four-year-old and the six-year-old are the one that put the card in, wait for the beep, so on and so forth. So that they're, they're, it's not just looking at the app, but they're experiencing the tactile part of it, right? And they're enjoying it so that they're engaged in looking at the app, right? They're engaged in looking at the balance.
1: Right? This is using your card, not... Do they have their own accounts yet or they can...
0: So my both of them have their own accounts. The, we're going to start having them manage their own money on trips soon.
2: Yeah, we've started doing that with here's that? here's your money. You have this much money to use on souvenirs on the trips. Yeah, Buy what you want, essentially, which is yeah. really freaking hard. I'll say that, too. I struggle a lot with letting my daughter waste money on stuff where I I know she's going to play with it for a day and not care about it again. She's going to. And I'm like, ah, but but I'm trying to let her make mistakes, spend money on that with guidance, with some amount of guidance. But yeah.
0: So here'' thinking. Yeah, hear people
2: here, listening. Josh's eyeballs are straight up, and he's got a "huh" yeah. expression on his face.
0: So and this is something that I think is really, really important about boundary setting. Mm-hmm. You have set a boundary of, this is the amount that you can spend on on souvenirs, mm-hmm. right? So you can't spend more than that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You've also set a boundary. Around, this is the amount you can spend.
2: Yeah, that's also true.
0: And so, one of the things that's really important is if if you break that contract, Mm -hmm. you've also broken the contract. And that's for me, it's perfectly fine for them to waste that money Mm -hmm. because hopefully they regret it. Exactly. And it's, that is part of the learning process, right? My children, both of them use power tools and they've used power tools from a very young age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And question is- well, We're not
1: talking you know, about a table saw,
0: right? We're not talking about a table up, saw. All the way up to a table saw, yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, they use a the table saw? Yes. Okay, my kids don't use a table saw, but they can use other
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, the table saw- that requires supervision (laughs) good the power drill for screwing in screws really doesn't require supervision right for yeah and so there you know how much damage can they do makes a difference in in that right
2: (laughs) to themselves and other things
0: yeah Uh, more to themselves yeah but you know if the worst that they're going to get is a little cut not table saw cut a A slight amount of bleeding from a from a, a a
2: pinched finger,
0: yeah, pinched finger, that kind of thing, right? There's a real value in allowing them to experience that, right? That's a, that is a part of the learning, that's part of the exploring, that's part of the growing process,
2: which is also really hard as a parent sometimes. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah. you could fall down and get hurt, or you could smack your finger with that hammer, and then you'll be really careful next time, and yeah. you'll learn limits, and yeah.
0: And so the the idea of they're going to make mistakes or they're going to spend this unwisely, that should be a happy moment.
2: Yeah, but it's hard.
0: Yeah, part of the lecture is setting expectations of these are mistakes that you're going to make, that they're going to make. And part of it is with this particular thing, this is the mistake they're going to make. And this is exactly when you're going to make, they're going to make it. (laughs) Because I know, you know, you know that every single child, exactly the same scenario, right? And when they make it, this is how you can amplify it, Mm -hmm. right? Amplify the consequences of the mistake. Okay. So
2: they, they go on vacation and they buy a junkie souvenir that, you know, they're not going to care about. How do you amplify that?
0: Well, one of the ways to amplify it is you, let's say you're at Disneyland or Disney World. Every single place empties out into a into a store. So if they really love frozen, don't make the frozen store the first place you go to make it the second.
2: Oh that just sounds mean. <laughs> but yes, that's smart, but that's so mean. Right. Like sorry, you already spent it. And then you mm-hmm. get to deal with the tantrum, which is also hard, but yeah. it's a learning experience. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. notice I didn't say make it the last.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Because we don't so they, want to they have them a little bit failure. left. Yeah. And, and at the but first store, say, are you sure that you really want to spend
2: mm-hmm.
0: on all of this? Don't, do you want to wait to see what else there is? Right. Um, you know, so we, we don't want to set them up for failure. Okay. But when so there's they, a balance,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. but when they do make mistakes, we do want to make sure that they're felt. Yeah. Right? We, we don't want to shield them from it because then they don't learn from the mistakes.
2: All right. OK, we have a we have a deadline today. We've got other meetings to get to. We've got a couple minutes. I want to talk allowances and I want to talk future because all of our kids are still in elementary school. Emily, yours are eyeing middle school soon. But so allowances. How do people handle allowances? Emily, you go first.
1: Oh gosh, I, you know, I used to do, it wasn't an allowance. It was you, it was kind of, I guess it kind of was, it was, you earned it. If you did your chores, you earned the money essentially. Um, and I actually don't even do that anymore because I didn't feel, maybe it's the problem of they weren't seeing the tactile thing, but they didn't, they weren't really getting anything out of it. They didn't really see the benefit of doing it. So I actually stopped doing that. And I've been, I've been thinking about wanting to get back into something, but I don't know the right setup. So I'm, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> So we're okay. really looking forward to see what Josh says
2: to see what I should be doing. I'll yeah. go next because we know Josh is going to have the fancy lecture version. <laughs> so what we do is based on what my parents did with my sister and me that I thought worked really well. Um, we give a set amount every week, not tied to anything because I'm very much in the, you have chores to do you because you're a member of the household. I don't get paid for vacuuming. You know, my fun spending money isn't tied to cleaning, you know, whatever. You get the set amount of money, but it's divided. So She brings a set amount to church every week, a set amount goes into save, a set amount goes, which is for bigger things, a set amount goes into spend, you know, when we're at the checkout line and she wants a lollipop, great, you can use your spend money on that. And then a set amount goes into share, which can be used for donations to charities, can be used for buying, like, she wanted to buy her friend a birthday party or birthday present, when they're just like, hey, do you want to join us for dinner, because it's her birthday, so it wasn't really a birthday party. But she's like, oh, I want to give her six dollars because she's turning six. He's like, great, take it from your share money. We're sharing it with other people. You're buying things for people that you want. You're giving the money away. So that's how we divvy it up. And that amount will go up as she gets older. And then my plan is to um increase the responsibility as well, which is getting into what we're going to do as they're older. But yeah. So here, here's money to learn how to use money, but with the boundaries and the guidelines of you have to do some. And then if she gets extra money like from grandparents for Christmas or Jacob's, my husband's grandparents will send her money for Valentine's day. And we're like, great. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to put it in save? Do you want to put it in spend? And usually she divides it up, which makes me happy. That was fast, but I know we're running out of time. Josh, what do you do and
0: why? So let's start off with what are we trying to teach with an allowance, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean that's always our first thing in developing any curriculum, right? Is what are we trying to teach? So let me ask you that. What are we trying to teach?
2: I would say money management. What is money? How do you save? What are values of saving? How do you okay. buy things you want? Okay. Generosity. Emily? Tied, tied to each of those buckets.
0: Okay. Emily?
2: Oh, gosh. When I was
1: doing it, it was... Um... Yeah. I mean, it was like how to it, kind of like that budgeting thing that my son wanted to do, which was, you know, where should I spend my money? The money that comes in, where should I be spending it? And this is, this is where that Paw Patrol thing came in. They could choose to either spend some of the money or they could choose to put some of it into that pot for the Paw Patrol. And so they were making a choice as to where they wanted to put their money. So I think for me, that's the most important thing is just learning wh- where, what to do with the money, essentially. Okay. The, the visual the visual thing of splitting the money into different jars didn't work for my kids either. So I'm curious to hear what you say about that as well.
0: So let's start with what I'm trying to teach.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm trying to teach the relationship between work, money, and then your ability to do all those things that you talked about. Mm -hmm. So the, in my opinion, um, one of the big mistakes is when you give chores. Oh, you're sorry. When you give um, allowances just as an allowance. Because well, I
2: personally tech, but that's fine. I, I, I,
0: that's why, I was, being, in, yeah. that's why I was pausing a lot.
2: Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Nothing
1: perfect out there. I tried yeah. different ways. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and, and the reason why is because it disconnects the receipt of money from how you receive it, right? So mm-hmm. for me, a lot of it is how do we translate the reality down to something that they can experience in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and unless they're a trust fund baby.
2: Which I am not, I will say right, that.
0: <laughs> right, they're, they're, there's going to be some connection between their work and mm-hmm. uh, their efforts and their other side. Now, the other thing that you said, which was I don't get paid for vacuuming, Right. Um, there's also a value in that, in that there, there are certain things that need to be done
1: mm-hmm.
0: just because you're a part of the household to help mm-hmm. the household, Right. But those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can have certain chores that are required because you make your bed because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then you can have other things that are uh, tied to allowances. hmm
1: That's how I did it. It was and each year we'd add a new chore that was required. And then if you wanted more money on top of that, then you could earn more money. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And we do, I should say we do that in different ways, but yeah, saying if you want to do this, like if you do your own laundry, we're not going to make you, you have to put your clothes away, but if you put it in the washing machine, set it, move it over to the dryer, there's incentives for that as well.
0: so you know what we mean with regards to that with regards to chores you know that's you you want to basically have here's some chores and here's how much you can earn um i'm also not a big fan of all or nothing that's not the way the world works right Mm -hmm. if you if you call in sick on friday they don't decide not to pay you for that two weeks (laughs) right um and so the um And so the more that we can figure out ways and and identify ways of having the experience that they're going to have consistent with what the real world is, the more those lessons are going to be applicable, Mm -hmm. Um, the less we're going to have unintended consequences, or at least more our unintended consequences are going to align with the natural consequences Mm -hmm. of the
2: world, (laughs) Right. right? Yeah.
0: Um, And so I think that's another big part as you're sort of designing this and developing this is really thinking, you know, is what I'm doing consistent with what they would experience after they've graduated and have their careers and have their own families and have their own jobs? And if there's inconsistencies there, we may not be able to identify the unintended consequences, why they're unintended, right? But at least... um, but we're more likely to have them, right? If there's mm-hmm. inconsistencies. If we, the more we can have consistencies, the, the less likely the unintended consequences are going to be things that we would not be happy with, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Right. We've got two minutes. I know I'm cutting you off. We've got two minutes left. What are our plans for the okay. future as our kids get older?
0: Let's go straight to Josh. <laughs> <'Cause we're okay. laughs> yeah. the The big thing with regard to, plans for the future for my kids um, is I am going to be moving and my, my six-year-old, we're getting close to this, uh, moving more toward them having their own uh, debit card and being able to um, use that on a regular basis um, because I want to teach um, them both, good and my son first because he's older um but i want to teach them both uh good habits and good uh, mental frameworks around using plastic right mm-hmm. Specifically using credit cards because that's where the danger can come in
2: mm-hmm. yeah does that include giving more responsibility because that's what i've been thinking like you're in high school you want back to school clothes here's your money go spend it if you waste all of that on shoes Okay, I guess you're going to the thrift store and checking the buy nothing group on Facebook for the clothes that you need, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um the, the that more responsibility is always a good thing. I the the thing that you'd always want to be careful of is um like when you go to Disneyland and you give them food. Um or sorry, you give them money, right? that money isn't to pay for lunch and dinner, right? Mm. So, so there's a, right. We want to make sure that the consequences are deep. The
2: consequences aren't, you don't have food to eat.
0: Yeah. The we consequences
2: are, you don't get to wear the brand of clothes that you want to wear because you yeah. spend all the money on something else.
0: Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. want it to be something that's painful for a five-year-old, whatever their age mm. is, right? For a five-year-old but would it be painful for an adult? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. a good
2: way to put it. Yep. All right. Any last minute words? We're kind of over time anyway, but yeah. we might go around two long. because I feel like we rushed through the second half. I'd love yeah. to dig into more things more, but <laughs> sounds good. Bye everybody.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well.